0: Breaking down all the plays and getting you in the action. We've got you covered all season long. Welcome to the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marco's Pizza. Hello and welcome on in everyone to the latest edition of the BCSN Nation podcast. We are rocking and rolling. Time to light the fires, kick those tires on episode thirty. Five. We are going strong. We're almost to 50, Steve. I'm Justin Feldkamp alongside Steve Rockowitz. This is the softball edition here in the spring, nearing summertime, nearing postseason. For, uh, we are in postseason for softball, about to get into postseason for baseball. Our loyal viewers and listeners once again each and every week transitioning from softball to baseball, softball to baseball, all the way through the state tournament's here coming up in early June. All right, we are powered by the Marcos Pizza Company each and every week here on the BCSN Nation podcast. You can find our social media handles at BCSN Sports for anything and everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube as well. New episodes of the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marcos Pizza can be seen or heard each and every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Wherever you get your podcast. All right, so softball edition. Steve, our resident expert, is here. You were on the call, play-by-play man, alongside Dwayne Lanham for the game of the season thus far, part two. We termed it the rematch after Springfield won the first go-around in the league play against Anthony Wayne. They did it again. They found a way. It was on Monday, May 8th, Steve, and down 3 to nothing. Similar situation in round 1. They were down 4 to nothing, but Springfield just two hits, but they still win the game because of a big blast by Hannah Schlack. Anna
1: Schlachter stepped up to the plate, had a 2-2 count on her bases loaded, and it was one of those things that uh, Kat Myers had come into the game and had pitched extremely well to get out of some trouble that uh, Molly Connor had gotten into a couple of innings earlier. Then all of a sudden she comes out in the sixth inning, does Kat Myers, and can't find the plate. She walks the first hitter. She walks the second hitter. She walks the third hitter. And at that point, It was uh, kind of a no-brainer that Ron Meyer comes out and he decides to go to his third pitcher of the day. Brooklyn Patchen comes in and gets to a 2-2 count, and then it was the super sophomore, Hannah Schlachter just absolutely found something in her happy zone, and boom, over the right center field fence, made it 4-3. And – the magic number for Anthony Wayne over the last, what, seven meetings was always be able to get to four runs. They weren't able to do it in that game, and it ends up being a 4-3 win for Springfield.
0: And you mentioned Brooklyn Patchen being the third pitcher. I want to get your take on that if you have any insight as to why Coach Ron Myers for Anthony Wayne went with sophomore Molly Connor as the starting pitcher for that game. Well, when I got the lineup beforehand, I, I thought, well,
1: that's kind of interesting that he would take. go with Molly. And then you start thinking about it. Well, okay, Brooklyn Patchen has been seen. Cat Myers has been seen over the last couple of years. The only difference has been... Uh, Molly Connor has not been seen by this team on a consistent basis now during the summer these players have seen her no doubt about that and Molly Connor probably ha- may have the biggest upside and that's pretty hard to say when you talk about Myers and Patchen as good as they are Molly Connor may end up having the biggest upside out of any of the uh, three so you know not necessarily a, a shot in the dark but I thought it was a pretty darn good uh,
0: strategy session by Ron Meyer. Yeah, and it turned out to be a good decision in the sense that she, she blanked him. Uh, but when the transition from one pitcher into Cat, and then, you know, if you already mentioned Kat, you had to transition after walking the bases loaded. But it, were you surprised that Molly was taken out at the time in which he was? wasn't
1: surprised because when I talked to Ron Myers before the game, he said the goal is to get through the lineup one time, and that was pretty much where they were at. She had given up a couple of base runners, and it was the time, and I think it was probably the good time to take her out. They brought in Cat. Cat got a couple of strikeouts, got out of a tough situation that first inning, pitched well in the next inning, and it was just that sixth inning that all of a sudden the plate started moving around on her.
0: Maddie Yaki, the starting pitcher for Springfield, threw a complete game. She finished with giving up nine hits. She struck out six, Uh, the senior pitching ace who's headed to the University of Toledo. She just finds a way. She doesn't necessarily overpower every team or overpower a a good hitting team or a great hitting team in the case of Anthony Wayne, but I like the craftiness, and she really spots her pitches.
1: Well, you talk about those crafty left-handers, and that's exactly what she is. She does such a good job at, A, changing speeds, and, B, moving inside and out. Up and down a little bit, but mostly inside and out. You talk about pitchers, and, and we cover a lot of games for University of Toledo when we talk about Aaron Hunt. Aaron Hunt commands the inside part of the plate. Whether it be a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter, it's always that same part of the plate. It's on the outside against left-handers, inside against right-handers. But Brooklyn Patchen has such a great job of finding the outside part of the plate against both hitters, coming inside only when she needs to, and I think that's where her success lies.
0: All right, so the Blue Devils of Springfield 21-0 and following that victory on Monday, 11-0 and overall. They just need one more win to secure uh, the title in the NLL. And Anthony Wayne, this stat, this blows your mind. Since the beginning of last season, so 2022 and deep into the 2023 season, Anthony Wayne is 48-3, and all three losses to Springfield. Yeah, with that number, and they're outside looking in, Right now in the NLL, and that is really hard to fathom. So, uh, latest rankings within the state uh, Springfield is number one, Anthony Wayne, number three, and then nationally, yes, nationally, number 12 ranked Springfield and number 17th ranked Anthony Wayne. And we could see Springfield go up, but I don't think Anthony Wayne deserves to drop that much. They've just lost by one, gave up two hits to a team that's ranked higher than. Nationally, Uh, but these two teams, we're going to get to it in our final segment here, are in different district brackets. So if they advance, which most people prognosticate that they will, they would meet in the regionals yet again, just like last season. And we'll see where round three uh, will take us, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. All right, so let's move from the NLL, Steve, to the track. Three Rivers Athletic Conference, just a few more weeks. In the existence of the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, Saint Ursula, fifteen and two, seven and one in league play. Whitmer and Clay uh, also in contention. Saint Ursula beat Clay on Monday, six to three, and Saint Ursula, we we thought that they could contend, and they're proving us correct.
1: Absolutely, uh, we talked about it in that first podcast that we did. It looked like Whitmer was going to be the team to beat. When you look at the numbers, Whitmer really kind of uh, stood above the other two, but. Uh, So far, St. Ursula, in my mind, has been that team that's been more surprising probably than just about anybody else other than one team in the area. And we'll get to them shortly as well. But the thing is with St. Ursula, they have done such a good job of being cohesive. And it's funny when you talk about these teams because you go through the, the blade Uh, early season uh, wrap-ups, what they're going to talk about teams, and always you get to the bottom and it says, this team has great chemistry. And every one of them says that. But when you look at St. Ursula and the games that we've done so far, this is a team that plays for one another probably more than any team that I have seen this year so far. They are just absolutely one cohesive unit, and it has at this point taken them to the top of the track.
0: And you're talking about head-to-head matchups with St. Ursula and Whitmer. We just saw St. Ursula not too long ago last week with a walk-off win against Whitmer when they were down, I believe, by six runs, battled all the way back in those final two innings, ended up with a a walk-off hit there, a hard-hit ball uh, that led to the ultimate victory. And and by the way, a, a lot of creative celebrations during bcsn post-game interviews whether it's steve or someone else doing it i've seen the visors and the hats stacked on top i've seen gloves stacked on top i've seen uh celebratory hats and changed. Uh, chains put over the neck so hats off to (laughs) hats off and hats on to all of the uh, teams out there they're just having fun and that that's what we really like to see and showcase here on BCSN but back to to St. Ursula and Whitmer and we bring that up because I'm staring at the bracket right here in the division one district uh, tournament bracket and they're going to play each other uh, once again uh, later today actually as we tape this Whitmer and St. Ursula and that game would be at Ursula in the sectional finals
1: yeah and then they'll see each other for the final time on the 12th of this month um, so you never know how that one's going to play out as well but yeah tournament time Bradwise, Nicky, Nikki and I'll have that call uh, tonight and you never know exactly how that's going to happen but you know with all due respect to Whitmer it's the team that has seemed to have kind of lost its way just a little bit and um, I really like what I've seen from St. Ursula at this point
0: Total team effort, and Sophia Weigas for Whitmer uh, continues to be their their top player. Uh, The stats right in front of me, uh, updated in the last few days, batting average of 6'10". Uh, She has 29 RBIs, 8 home runs, Uh, future Akron Zip. uh, She's just been playing super, super well. Uh, and and she continues to be a a team leader for them. But it's going to be interesting to see how those uh, tournament games and then it's somewhat an oddity, you play them in a tournament game, you kind of eliminate a postseason run for somebody, but then you just play them again in the regular season. Yeah, that's kind of the oddity of
1: spring sports is that you're intertwining not only your league games non-league games, but also tournament games as well, and uh, rain, sleet, and snow that you have to uh, figure all in there as well. So it does become quite a jumbled mess at times. But, uh, again, when you start hitting tournament time like we are tonight, um, you know, it it has a little bit of a different vibe to it. You know, you you may be rivals in the track, but seeing your track rival in tournament time, all of a sudden it has a whole different meaning because, as you just said, one of them is going to go on one is just worried about the track.
0: Yes, it, it's always an interesting dynamic because in tournament play, you think, oh, you lose, your, your season's over, but then to mentally regroup and say, okay, I mean, just uh, admire coaches who have the ability to re inspire and reinvigorate the team and the players to, all right, hey, we, we might have our postseason dream end, but let's get back at it. We still have games that we need to play and games that we want to win. All right, in the Toledo Area Athletic Conference, You projected correctly that Northwood would win back in the preseason. They ended up winning that title. They prove victorious go eight and zero, a perfect unblemished record against the christian cardinal stretch ottawa hills and toledo christian uh, overall i think it would be safe to say and many other people in the softball community would say that the tack was down this year we did like what we saw out of emmanuel christian we talked about them on a previous podcast so uh, great job to that program uh, but uh, uh, ottawa hills and tc both oh and six um records within the within the league but uh, northwood uh got the job done, and still wants to continue in the postseason. They do. Now, they've got a tougher
1: battle than uh, EC does in this because you're looking at Northwood, who is a, a Division three team, and they've got a, a pretty tough uh, draw. As I remember, uh, Northwood, if I pull it up here, Northwood has to go up against Oak Harbor in the first round, and Oak Harbor is kind of a juggernaut of their own. They are very, very consistent. Once it hits tournament time, a very well-coached team, a well uh, uh fundamentally sound team. So Northwood's going to have some trouble in Division Three, in my mind. You look at uh, Emmanuel Christian, they're in Division IV. I think they've got an easier road to be able to make a run towards a state title. Uh, when you look at some of the players, you've got four players on that team who are hitting over 450. Uh, led by Maggie Woodward and Sophia Cutts, who uh, both hitting right at 500, Woodward, of course, uh, works inside the circle as well with a 2.23 earned run average. So I really like what uh, Emmanuel Christian has the possibility of doing.
0: Yeah, they have to take on uh, Lakota first in their sectional finals. That game is on Thursday, May 11th. If they advance in all likelihood, they'd face the one seed, Gibsonburg. You talk about Oak Harbor and Gibsonburg, two teams in the Toledo area towards the east and both tradition-rich programs. You talked about Oak Harbor. They made a deep postseason run last year, and Gibsonburg seems to be a a top three, uh, top four seed at the least each and every season. So both of those teams out of attack will have some challenges come tournament. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I, I kind of like to see like what I see out of uh,
1: Emmanuel Christian, but uh, hey, you never know. Once they start playing each other, these things really kind of take on a life of their own.
0: All right, so let's go to the City League now. With Start, we predicted, Steve predicted that Start would come out victorious. Both their baseball and softball programs uh, are at the top of the City League, and Start continues to get it done. But another team that's going to have a tough road to hoe come bracket-style play.
1: Well, uh, you're talking about Division One team, and the thing that I like about Start is the fact that they have done a really good job of scheduling tough opponents throughout the season. There's no doubt about the fact that the City League, once you get past the top one or two teams, really falls off in a hurry. That's just kind of the way it is. But Start has done a good job of scheduling tough teams. They've lost in a lot of those games, but they're trying to learn how to win, and that's what I like about them. Their first round match is against Northview, and Northview is a team that nobody has talked about this year at all. I have them in my bracket as a pick game between Start and Northview. We'll see how that's going to play out. I believe they play tonight and see how they're going to advance. Um, personally, in this game, this sounds a little odd. I think Northview can beat Start tonight, but I think if Start can win, Start has a better chance of moving along in the bracket, even though that seems a little contradictory.
0: Yeah, Start is the uh, eight seed in that matchup. Northview is the nine seed, so Start has the home field advantage there uh, playing at Bowman Park. Uh, They could, whoever wins that game in all likelihood is going to face Perrysburg, arguably the third best team in our area. And when you say third best, I mean, you're talking just by a few runs here because Perrysburg has been fantastic. Their only losses are in league play to the top heavyweights that we've been talking about, Springfield and Anthony Wayne, uh, all season long. And Perrysburg has played both of those teams tight. They lost to Anthony Wayne by one run. They lost to Springfield by two runs in a 14-12 game. You know, two-point conversion was missed in that game. But uh, the fact that uh, Perrysburg has a chance to, to make some noise, and we're going to potentially talk about the, the Yellow Jackets in our final segment here on the podcast, but uh, start, uh, starts the postseason here uh, Wednesday, May 10th. All right, let's go to the Northern Buckeye Conference. Eastwood is at the top just like start baseball and softball in first place in their leagues. Eastwood first place in both baseball and softball in the Northern Buckeye conference, Lake Elmwood and Genoa also in the mix, but Eastwood has proven uh, coach Joe Wyatt, no matter what the roster looks like, he finds a way to get it done. Well, when you can kind of rely on Delaney Maynard to do what she
1: does, she's hitting five twenty-five on the season. She's hit four or five home runs driven in 30 runs That's one of those things that you can kind of wrap your team around. Um, Eastwood has the ability, again, we've talked about rosters a lot. And when you can go four, five, six deep in a lineup, it's a heck of a lot better than if you only have one or two people that you have to rely on all the time. Now, when you talk about the Anthony Waynes and the Springfields, all of a sudden you're going one to nine. That's not going to happen in in pretty much every school district. It's not going to happen. But if you can find that five and six and sometimes seven hitter to help out your big guns, like Eastwood has been able to do with Maynard, that is really kind of what sets them apart.
0: Yeah, statistically speaking, Delaney Maynard, 600 batting average. She's 36 for 60, 34 runs scored, nine bombs, 46 home runs. Uh, then you go on down the list. You talk about uh, Lily Escobedo, 483 average. You talk Mackenzie Haiti, 437 average. Uh, Jessica Smith, 397. So a number of different players who can pack a punch at the plate.
1: Yeah, it's always nice to have that depth in the lineup. Um, we talked about Lake in the NBC a little bit when we talk about tournament time. Again, they're not dealt a very nice hand because they're in Division Two, and you have to worry about that Division Two work. Um, everybody else, Elmwood, Genoa, Eastwood are all Division Three, So in theory, anyhow, a little bit easier road to go.
0: Yeah, and some of those uh, teams in the Northern Buckeye Conference just outside of our BCSN hyper-local Toledo footprint will face potentially some of those teams in our BCSN area on down the line. But Eastwood uh, looks to be the class of the NBC and look for them for a potential run through the districts into the regionals, just like their baseball team, which we'll talk about uh, next week when we have mark nell in the seat here okay so that is a look at the nll track tax city league and nbc each and every week we touch upon not just singular leagues but all across the board when we talk leagues and conferences here on the bcsn nation podcast powered by marco's pizza i'm justin feldkamp alongside steve rockowitz we're talking softball and we're continuing to talk softball in our final segment it's time for the bcsn nation podcast question of the week Send us your question on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook using the at BCSN sports and hashtag BCSN podcast. All right, Steve, we enter our final segment here. I got a nice thick packet of brackets here. We don't just follow a couple division one teams. We're following them from beginning to end, no matter how big, medium, or small schools are. So the question of the week is... Looking at the district brackets, which team could put a scare into Anthony Wayne or Springfield? So, to give you a sense of the bracket, Anthony Wayne is the two seed in our area's Division 1. They would take on Wapakoneta first up, likely face Bowling Green in that next round. Notre Dame and Bowling Green face each other on Wednesday. So, looking ahead to the districts, it would likely be Anthony Wayne, and Bowling Green, potentially. Notre Dame will have something to say about that. Then the bottom part of that bracket, St. Ursula plays Whitmer. Clay plays Finley. So we'll start with challenger for Anthony Wayne within the district bracket. What you say, Steve.
1: Within the district bracket, uh, I don't think Anthony Wayne's going to have a whole lot of trouble with Bowling Green. Um, St. Ursula, We'll probably meet Clay most likely. And then you're looking at an Anthony Wayne-St. Ursula matchup in the district final. I have to give that one to Anthony Wayne. I think uh, St. Ursula may kind of run out of their magic at that point. But uh, Anthony Wayne is just such a good team, and and we saw it early on in the season. Their first 10 games of the year, they never allowed a run. So uh, they've kind of fallen on hard times if allowing six or seven runs total since that time can be said, you know, But uh, I think overall, Anthony Wayne will find their way out of that district.
0: Okay. And then if you look at the other district, uh, not uh, the other district bracket, Springfield is that number one overall seed and deservingly so. But what I find interesting in this bracket, Steve, the fact that Springfield was the number one seed, as we've talked, we think the pecking order as of right now, based strictly on results and opinion, Springfield, Anthony Wayne, Perrysburg. So Springfield, yes, the one seed, but in all likelihood, if our projections play out, Springfield's going to have to play Perrysburg. Anthony Wayne would not have to play Perrysburg within the district play.
1: Absolutely, and if there's any team that we have not given enough credit to, I think, or talked a lot about, it has been the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets all season long. They've got two losses on the season, and when you talk about the fact that Two losses by a total of three runs total is exactly where this team is. They're 21-2 and two on the season. They're 9-2 and two in the NLL. So they find themselves two games back in the loss column as far as NLL play goes, but who isn't at right. least two games back but when you talk about this team you got to talk about pitching inside the circle mason girard has been terrific 13 and 2 on the season 1.33 earned run average 80 strikeouts on the year she gets it done in the square box as well on the hitting side, hitting 534, they've got four hitters over 500, and I think that's the one thing that you have to look at this Perrysburg team. If somebody's going to be the one to step up and make a run that nobody expected or few expected outside of Wood County, I think the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets are the team that
0: you have to fear. Yeah, some of those top hitters, Jessica Miller hitting 580, you got uh, Mason Gerard hitting 548, Haley Griggs 548. And Morgan Hoverman hitting 537. So, yeah, uh, plenty of talent within the NLL. I know Coach Rob Guads at Springfield says, hands down, the NLL best league in the state of ohio not just here in northwest ohio or the top half of ohio he says in the entire uh state of ohio and that is legit but looking at the rest of that bracket yes we do think perrysburg will advance uh to that district championship game springfield uh, takes on fremont ross later today wednesday may 10th looking ahead to next week may 16th these games would be in clyde uh anthony wayne Games would be at BGSU. Springfield's games would be at Clyde next week. They'd face Lima Senior or Tiffin Columbian. Perrysburg would have to uh, get past uh, their sectional final there and then advance to face Northview or start. We think that Perrysburg would do so. So it could be, should be, Springfield against Perrysburg on May 19th in the district championship and then we'll see if we get potentially round three when it comes to Perry's – or excuse me, Springfield Anthony Wayne in the region.
1: Well, it's always fun to go down to Clyde, and the great thing about this, when you run down the uh, list of teams somewhere along the line, a team from Northwest Ohio is going to find their way away from Clyde as they head towards
0: Akron. Yep, and last year we saw Springfield get by Anthony Wayne in the regionals, advance not only to state but into the state championship game, coming up short to Lakota West, a team in the uh, northern suburbs of Cincinnati, uh, coming up just short. But Coach Rob Guads has been there, done that, They just need to break through with that state championship, and and I think they got the team to do it, Uh, and really so does Anthony Wayne because last year we've seen great, great battles, one-run games for a number of string of games between these two great programs. Yeah, it's been crazy
1: over the last few
0: years how close Anthony
1: Wayne and Springfield have been. Um, But again, in the last two years, the team that you didn't expect to win and move along was the one that won. So that's where you have to kind of look at Perrysburg and say this might be their year to be the team that nobody expected to move on. Uh, Can I give one last shout out before we go here? Uh, Bedford's Aubrey Hensley, the catcher for them. 17 home runs on the season this year. She had 11 last year. She's a sophomore. It'll be... Almost impossible for her not to set the all-time Bedford home run, hitting record by the time she's done her senior year. Uh, The great thing about covering Michigan they're basically a week to 2 weeks behind Ohio so as soon as we get done with all of our coverage here down south of the border we get to go up there and follow Bedford and Or Whiteford or whoever it comes from there so that's great uh,
0: softball just keeps on growing yeah and a, a ton of talent on both of those Whiteford and and Bedford teams and the fact that she's only a sophomore her coach said that she thinks that she could get 50 over the course of her entire uh, 4 year career but she is a very very talented catcher similar to Macy Chamberlain at, at Evergreen another player that we've talked about here on this podcast. Uh, Some uh, game updates for you Wednesday, May 10th. uh, We will be calling the Whitmer St. Ursula game live on the BCSN now app. And then on Saturday, May 13th, Emmanuel Christian taking on Rogers, another chance for us to see EC, a team that we've been uh, pleasantly uh, surprised in commending them for their great season thus far. And then looking ahead to the districts that we've talked about throughout the duration of this podcast, uh, we will have those games, uh, uh, throughout the duration, all the way through the state tournament. So uh, keep uh, uh, updated on bcsnnation.com. Check out Sports Nightly with the latest brackets and all that kind of stuff and follow along because that's what we're committed to here at BCSN is brackets and the tournament time and following these teams as they make memories and develop friendships across the, the length of their uh wives really and and all the good things that sports does and that's what we like to do here at bcsn so for steve rockwitz i'm justin Feldkamp. thank you for watching and or listening to the latest edition of the bcsn nation podcast powered each and every week proudly by marco's pizza we'll see you next week